Hello, welcome to another episode of the Bursting the Bubble podcast. My name is Pramith, joined by Andy, Isis, and Rohit, and today is the day. It's the episode we have been waiting for, the divisional breakdown of the NFC West. The best division the in football. juiciest division in football. Juiciest is the word. Exactly. Yes, this this division has drama. very interesting storylines. Yep. yep. Drama, top 20 players. I think each team has pretty much two, you could argue. Uh, this this team is just so good. Uh, this division. This division. Well, I mean, you said this team. That applies to every team in this division. Yeah, all this, of these teams are just so good. And it's going to be a good race. It's going to be a good division to watch. Uh, so we'll start, as always, from the bottom up. Uh, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, probably the most interesting move they made was, like we said before, they signed DeAndre Hopkins for next to nothing. Um, it's going to be a huge signing for them. They went five trade, and ten. Trade, 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 Sorry, trade. It's a trade. My bad. Trade. Uh, they went five and ten and one last year. <laughs> but basically, basically for nothing. Yeah, basically for nothing. Yeah, this, yeah, if this is the worst team in your division, I mean, that just shows you how the quality of talent in in this in these teams, because like this could easily be a playoff team. Uh, I think they will make the playoffs, which will be interesting. We could talk about that, but uh, maybe playoffs. maybe first start with uh, what the what they did with their first overall draft pick in Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, and do you want I mean, to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I would definitely want to talk about that. Uh, so the Cardinals' defense, for the most part, last year was really porous, to say the least. And I think that's partially also due to the fact that they had a lot of players out of position. For example, it, you had the veteran Terrell Suggs, who was dropping back in coverage. And if you know anything about the NFL, uh, Terrell Suggs is definitely not a coverage linebacker. I'm no NFL expert, but you know th- that seems uh, not not very good. And after they got rid of him, they, they sent him to the Chiefs later on in the year. They were finally able to put everything together, in my opinion. And it culminated in a beatdown of the Seahawks. I think they held the Seahawks to 13 points, which is very impressive if you know who the Seahawks have at quarterback. Uh, so I, I really think this Cardinals defense especially has a lot of promise. As Rahul just mentioned, they added Isaiah Simmons, a very rangy linebacker. Uh, he can cover anyone from the shiftiest of running backs to the strongest tight end. So he'll be very matchup friendly. He's 4-3. He's 4-3 speed, which is Yeah, insane. he is. Yeah, he's kind of those like joker, you know, like he can play at any position. Um, kind of like a Derwin James or a Jamal Adams where like, they can fit him in wherever they need to, and he'll just make plays. And you know who he can cover? He can cover George Kittle. I mean, let's not let's not put that on him yet. You know, he's. A, he's but a I mean, weird. that's that's. I feel like that's Ideally, one of the main ro- yeah. reasons they brought him in, right? They need someone yeah. to cover George Kittle, just like every other team in this division, in this league, <laughs> in this uh, league, yeah. but mainly <laughs> this division. So, yeah, I think that was his main purpose here. That's pretty good. I thought it was a great pick. I'm surprised it fell to them. I thought they were going to take a, a wide receiver, but then the, they they seem to fit that need with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That uh, was before the draft, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, like they, before the draft. It just, just fell in his lap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great off season for them. I think they also got a really nice tackle for uh for Kyle yes, um, Josh Jones. Uh, I forget I his name. I think Josh, Josh Jones. Yeah, he was projected to be a first round pick before, so. Look for that to be a pretty big steal in the draft. And they got him in the third um, or the late second. Yeah, third, third. They got him they got in the third, third round. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is good roster building. You know, you have a young quarterback on a rookie contract 
You get him a, a bona fide wide receiver one. You start bolstering the defense that may not be uh, as easy to cover with Cliff Kingsbury's offensive mind. So you start stockpiling talent there and then also protecting Kyler for the future. So these, this is a series of good moves that I really think are you know preparing them for the future. And they have Chandler Jones. Yeah, that's true. Who's a... Yeah, I mean, this defense has playmakers on each level. They have Chandler Jones. They have Isaiah Simmons in the middle. And then they also have their newly uh, extended safety, Buda Baker, as well. So Highest paid safety in the league. Yeah. Uh, so you still have Patrick think? Peterson. Uh, I've never been much of a Patrick. Quick. I've never been much of a Patrick Peterson fan, but I'm sure he's 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 good. That's strange. Um, for as as much of a fan of defense as you are, I'm I'm pretty surprised that you aren't a fan of Patrick Peterson. I don't know. I just haven't seen much from him. I only watch him whenever he plays the Niners. So uh, he has he's never been able to cover Michael Crabtree specifically, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, that's that's a long time ago. I can let it go. Yeah, I think he's on the down uh, of his career. Not yeah. really. He's past his prime. But he's still like a serviceable cornerback. Yeah, like, did you really even hear about him last year? I did not. I mean, and they were like... I mean, the oh, Cardinals were... he was injured. Yeah. No, he was suspended. Yeah. He was suspended for oh, six games. Oh, he was suspended, yeah. Okay, Shame yeah, but he did, he did start to pick it up towards the end of the year. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how much of an impact he can have. But yeah, definitely, sure he's still above I, I think the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely think that front seven is the strong point of the Cardinals defense. Um, besides Chandler Jones, they don't really have much. But when you do have such a great talent in Chandler Jones, like you might not necessarily need too much. And then with Isaiah Simmons, I'm, I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of pressure uh, for the quarterback, just be a, a QB spy or something. And then whenever the quarterback tries to escape, he's just right there uh, waiting waiting to sack him. So it'll be, that'll be a fun one. It'll be fun to see him try and chase down Russell Wilson. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Twice a year. Uh, you said they got they did a great job with giving Kyler a uh, wide receiver one in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Ishis, we talked about a little bit in our wide receivers episode, is not so high on DeAndre Hopkins having a great year this year. Uh, that might be because like the the whole offense is predicated on passing the ball, spreading the ball around to like five different receivers, uh, and maybe just having one like de facto number one is not as important in this kind of scheme uh, because you're just trying to spread it around as much as you can. Uh, do you think that that's like a problem? Do you think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to not have as big of a year just due to the scheme of this, uh, of this okay, offense? So if, yeah, so if you're talking about fantasy, fantasy is a completely different thing than what's actually happening in the game. Fantasy yeah. is all about you know receiving yards, right? Just stats, but, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of helping the Cardinals win... as the moment uh, DeAndre Hopkins steps on the field, he automatically makes them a better team. And he helps out other receivers get open because they're on easier coverage when he's on the field anyway. So in terms of helping this team, he's obviously one of the best wide receivers in the league. So they're definitely going to be much better with him on the field. Um, but I think the main thing about this offense is we're kind of asking a little bit too much uh, in just the first year with all these weapons. I think it's going to take some time for them to kind of gel together and you can't just ask them especially with such a tough division with solid defenses in seattle and in the 49ers that you're asking a little bit too much of them in just one year it's yeah. two years now but yeah sure i see your point yeah so the the argument against that i think is 
I don't think you're asking too much. It's like you said, Ro just said, it's, I think it's not one year. I think it's two years in the making. Uh, we've seen before that DeAndre Hopkins doesn't need to be uh, familiar with the quarterback, quarterback to have success. Right? Yeah. Um, and everyone else around him, around Kyler, has already been playing in this system for at least a year. Uh, they moved on from David Johnson. They have Kenyon Drake at their running back position who showed success last year when he had the starting role. And I don't see any reason why this team shouldn't take a step forward. And I don't see why they wouldn't be acclimated to this kind of offense already because the only real wild card here is DeAndre Hopkins, but he's already shown in the past that he isn't a wild card. Like he, he can get it done no matter who's throwing in the ball. Uh, I think the point about defense is really good, but I mean, this, this offense is definitely good enough to contend. I think even in terms of fantasy, I know Ishas, you're really down on DeAndre fantasy wise, but like this is a team that wants to throw the ball all the time. And they they'll get DeAndre Hopkins open as as, as any time they want. I think Cl- Cliff Kingsbury can scheme that open. Uh, he's he's an air raid offense. You know they're all about spreading the field. And yeah, you can you can throw to Andy Isabella and Larry Fitzgerald if you want to. But if you can also throw to DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, why not? Right? He's there. Might as well use him. So yeah. I mean, like, and he's gonna beat his man. Like he's, he's gonna, gonna catch the ball when he throws. That's it to him. what he's been doing his entire career. So yeah. and if you're if it'd be one thing if you went to a team that was like not as pass heavy, like, I don't know, the Niners or the Ravens or something like that. But this is, this is a team that will throw the ball maybe 40 times a game, 50 times a game. So there'll be plenty of volume for DeAndre. Yeah, it'll be spread out a bit, so everyone will get volume, but DeAndre will get his for sure. Yeah. What do you all think about playoff chances for this team? I would not be surprised at all. I think they can definitely do it, even in a tough NFC and a tough NFC West. This is a good young team with all the good young pieces. So, uh, yeah, I, I would pencil them in personally. Do you think they're going to beat the Rams uh, in terms of division? I, I think they I think they can beat the Rams. I or, think as, they can, but I, as you'll hear later, I also have the Rams making the playoffs. So <laughs> <laughs> Something doesn't add up here. Everything adds up to seven. Yeah, that's true. I personally think they're going to be they could be better than the Rams this year. I agree. Uh, I think the defense, like we, Andy was talking about, huge steps forward. Um, and they already had a like a decent defense. Their main problem was, uh, like, well, at least one of their main problems that we noticed last year was tight ends were just ripping them apart. So uh, obviously Isaiah Simmons is a direct uh, answer to that. I think the offense took a huge step with DeAndre. Uh, another year in the system for Kyler. I think this team can make the playoffs as well. I think they might even be better than the Rams. Yeah, I think the most important thing for any team is uh, the quarterback and then obviously the coaching. So in order for the Cardinals to be like playoff a playoff team and be uh, successful this year, you need to have you, – you basically – Cliff Kingsbury has to call the, the right game consistently and then Kyler has to be one of – an elite quarterback essentially. So I, mean, I don't know if that's – I think he's, he's like for a second-year jump. Just looking at how he ended yeah, the year. I definitely. He's yeah, definitely. He's a very good player. So. I mean, the but, end of the year is what won in Rookie of the Year last year. Yep. Yeah, but I don't know if he's at that level right now. Uh, I think it might take him maybe a year or two more to reach that level, as well as Cliff Kingsbury only having a second year in the NFL. So, Ishish, why do you say that when we've seen so many second-year quarterbacks succeed, like Mahomes, Lamar, this guy, Carson Wentz? Yeah. Uh, and, and last time, and last year under uh, Sean McVay. Go ahead, Andy. 
Yeah, and last episode we even talked about like I, I thought Daniel Jones might take a jump, but you guys also pointed out that it's like a new head coach, a new system, and that doesn't necessarily bode well for rookie quarterbacks. But uh, I I think Kyler Murray has all it, it, it's in his in uh he should be able to perform well, do get that second jump because he's staying in that same system, and now they even upgraded right. I I I don't see a reason why he can't take that like big leap, you know. See, I feel like you guys are focusing in on the positives from the past, but there are also a lot of um, bad cases, such as, you know, the Browns, obviously. Like, we felt <laughs> that they were going to take... Let's go to die, man. I mean, yeah, but we had this same argument where Freddie Kitchens is, again, in the same system for Baker, and they should do really well with... Now they have Odell, and, you know, but it's... Like, obviously, if Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was, like, a proven coach in this league, like Andy Reid or some of these other coaches... Um, I would have more faith, but if Cliff Click Kingsbury is only in his second year, and with honestly, I don't know if how good. I, I mean, last year was I think decent. It wasn't really good, but it wasn't that bad either. Um, I don't know if he'll necessarily be that good this year. Um, I'll have to see more from Cliff, obviously, but um, it's still. Yeah, a question I mean, you could definitely. I mean, I, I I I'm not going to oppose you that there are doubts. I I think there are doubts for like any like second year quarterback, but. Um, at the same time, you have to remember last year they had a rookie Kyler Murray, a rookie head coach, and they were still able to muster up a what is it five ten and one record. I, I think that's pretty impressive with the weapons that the Cardinals have and how terrible of a defense they had. Yeah, so, they almost beat the Niners, um, right? Like twice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm expecting a huge improvement from the Cardinals. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think this this team is very primed for success. Yeah, I think Isis isn't expecting it like this season. Yeah, but the rest I mean, of us are. especially with the division, how hard it is, I think it might take a little while longer. But if it happens this year, I definitely wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I would be a little surprised that it happened this quickly, but obviously it's still possible. All right, uh, let's move on to the third team in the NFC West last year, and that was the Los Angeles Rams. They got some terrible new uniforms. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big hater oh, of those. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty ugly. They're pretty bad. Uh, they went 9-7 and seven last year. Very average felt record. felt like they did worse, honestly. Right? Yeah, I'm like, surprised. It felt like they were worse than that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's probably because we had more high expectations. And we were like, oh, they lost this game. They lost this game that they shouldn't have lost. You know, yeah. Coming off a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, they came off a Super Bowl appearance. So we had high hopes, but pretty pretty bad. Uh, but like, what went wrong then? Like, why did they? Why Their did they offensive just suck? line? Like, I was actually just rewatching the Niners Rams uh, Week 16 game, and they went into a little stat on they lost forty uh, percent of their offensive line, so two starters, and then they added another rookie somewhere else. So, uh, so that's like sixty percent of your offensive line is just you know decimated. It's completely new. And offensive line chemistry is extremely important in a zone blocking scheme that Sean McVay runs. You know, it's not necessarily built upon how strong or how athletic your offensive line is. More about how well they can work together, take those steps together, and block in unison. So, you know, maybe there is hope with, with their offensive line having a, another year to gel instead of just being thrown into the fire. But definitely last year with the aging Todd Gurley not being able to run the ball kind of screwed with Sean McVay's entire offensive game plan. So maybe hope with a, with an offseason, I definitely do trust in Sean McVay's uh, offensive mind enough that he can scheme around it. Did they make any changes to the offensive line? 
Uh, as far as I know, no. But you know, time familiar familiarity hopefully can do it for them. Yeah, I mean, and to address the whole Todd Gurley thing, uh, they trade they did they trade him? They traded him, right? They cut him. No, they, they, cut him. Cut they just him. cut they him. Cut okay, him. damn, they straight cut him. They straight cut him. Um, so they cut him. Falcons picked him up, uh, and they drafted uh, rookie Cam Akers, who was uh, I don't know. He 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 impressed in college. He was one of the in like the top kind of group of, of rookie running backs this year. Uh, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, obviously, the, it's dependent on the scheme and how the offensive line can perform. But I, I think he'll be. I think he'll have moderate success, uh, similar to. I mean, Gurley last year had a lot of touchdowns, but not a lot of yards. Um, I think it's probably going to be a little more the same. He might have more yards, though, just if the offensive line can put it together. Yeah, one thing Sean McVay did do last year, uh, towards the end of the year, if you guys remember, they kind of clapped the Seahawks, and then from then on, they started playing a lot better offensively. So they started uh, running these two tight end sets with Tyler Higby, just to account for the, you know, maybe not as good offensive line, bringing in an extra blocker, and then also having a, a, a tight end that can uh, affect the game in the passing game. So that's a, just a, one example of how Sean McVay can adapt, and uh, he definitely can do more, I think. Yeah, and one thing I noticed about a lot of the receivers in general on the, the Rams, they do a lot of blocking, yeah, like, and they block it really blockers. well. Like, yeah. like Robert Woods, I've seen because he's on my fantasy team every year. Um, he's, such, he's a really good blocker. Uh, I think Cooper Cup also did put in a lot of work this last year as a blocker in the, in the slot. So it's, it's interesting. I think uh, the, the team is predicated based on having a good run game. So if they can put that together, they'll be much better than they were last year. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to see them back at, you know, playoff contention and, you know, making noise in this division, I, they really need this run game. And I'm if I was someone who was a Rams fan, I would be really worried as to how they're going to get that run big back to what it was because they obviously need it in order to um, have that offense run like good, well as a whole because obviously they use that run game to open up play action as well. Yeah, which ever, is since a Bill Belichick, ever since Bill Belichick saw it and shut it down, uh, the, the rest of the league has taken note and they haven't done anything since. So... We'll see if he can adapt. I think he can. So, yeah, I, I think Sean McVay is one of the greatest offensive geniuses in this uh, in this league right now. So, if anything's going to uh, scheme something around, like even a still kind of porous offensive line, I'm sure it'll be him. He checks all the boxes. You know, he's young, he's attractive, and he knows Sean McVay. So, <laughs> he knows Sean McVay better than anyone. Uh, yep. So this next uh, point that I wanted to bring up was uh, kind of, they're kind of two points together, but what do you guys think about the Jalen Ramsey trade? Uh, they traded two first round picks and I think a third for uh, a top five corner in the game, uh, a pure shutdown corner, a really nice athlete, stuff like that, but they hadn't signed him to a contract yet. So what do you guys think about pros and cons and stuff like that about this trade? I mean, I, I thought, okay, I thought they overpaid for him. I, maybe I don't appreciate, like, how important Ramsey is to this team, but just watching the Rams games last year, I didn't feel like he was making as much of an impact uh, as he used to on the, on the Jags. Am I, is that just me being, like... No, I think um, initially it took him a while to get adjusted, but after a while, I think he got into okay. a nice form, and he was yeah. doing really well. Towards the end. Uh, still, so, I think two so what do you What do you mean? Sorry, uh, real quick. What do you mean by like not having impact? Because 
if you're talking about not having impact as you're not seeing him, I think that's a very good sign. Or yeah. like you, you're just seeing him blown co- like blown coverages or whatnot. Yeah, I know. I'm, I just think of, um, I don't know, the one thing that comes to mind is that huge, that one where he uh, he got burnt by... Emmanuel uh, Sanders? Was it Emmanuel Sanders? It was I think it was, it, wasn't yeah, it was the fault, Niners actually. game. It actually was not his fault. It, it was wasn't his fault. Taylor Rapp's was that Taylor Rapp's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really pay as much attention to... I think the reason why Promet is because when he was on the Jags, that secondary was the focal point of that entire team. It was a huge storyline. He was playing against Antonio Brown and just shutting him down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, like, who is he shutting down in the NFC West? He's shutting down Tyler Lockett, shutting down Emmanuel Sanders, shutting down Robert Woods. Like, that doesn't really matter. You don't hear it. Yeah. So there's 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 reasons there. Like, he gets yeah. to play against, and now he gets to play against DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. That'll so now, now we'll really see, I guess, That'll right? That'll be very fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're really trying to I get remember, I remember, <laughs> Yeah, I remember two years ago uh, the Jaguars and Texans matched up, and that was such a physical battle. You, I, I love seeing that matchup. So very excited to see that twice a year now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I still think yeah. that two first rounders is like so much, though, dude. Yeah, and a third. Agreed. Yeah, and a third. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends how you value the cornerback. Um, yeah, two first and a fourth. I mean, but like this, this, this team their their defensive coordinator is no longer wade phillips like the one that took them to the super bowl so maybe he he thought he needed uh, a shutdown corner just to enhance his scheme and sometimes you can really see the difference so i mean it could be worth it i just i mean if I, they value him then why didn't they give him a contract yeah i mean they don't have any <laughs> money from him they have yeah. no money yeah, what you talk about that then why don't they yeah. have any money yeah that's good that's I, a good segue to that i found some i found a stat off uh, one of my favorite websites the ringer they said that the rams are using more than 40 percent of their 203 million dollars in cap on four players jared goff aaron donald todd Gurley, and brandon cooks and two of those guys if you are keeping track are no longer on the team so i mean that is a ridiculous amount of money to be tied up in essentially two players that you're paying for right now obviously aaron donald is worth it but when you make a decision like paying someone with an arthritic knee in todd Gurley top market or what uh, top dollar and then just cutting him just one year later like these are the consequences and when you pay jared goff top tier money and he doesn't produce at a top tier level i mean you're going you're going to see these consequences and they're not going to be able to pay any of their homegrown talent if they do have any, I can't remember the last time they picked in the first round. Um, it must have been Jared Goff. Jared Goff was their last first round pick in 2016. Yeah, that was their first overall pick, actually, too. So, yeah, yeah. So they have to they have to pay those guys. They have to pay Jalen Ramsey. The current going rate for a shutdown corner is a little over 17 million dollars. Uh, I am sure Jalen Ramsey can probably leverage his way up to 19 just because of how much the Rams paid for him. So the I mean the Rams are, they're going to be in cap hell. So yeah. It's they're just be- in such a bad position, like in the future. Yeah, and they're not even good right trade. now. You know, they're not even a good. Yeah, and they're not right good now. now. Yeah, I mean, I what know. was evident from their trade was that they had put all their eggs into one basket. Considering they did trade away Marcus Peters, and they Why essentially trade away just Marcus Peters for a fifth. Essentially, yeah, Marcus essentially Peters they just got. <laughs> they essentially got rid of. Wait, they um, traded him away for a fifth. Uh, yeah. I think so. I mean, he wasn't having that good of a season with um, the Rams, but yeah, fifth is definitely low. And then they also got rid of Akeem Talib. Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of Akeem Talib. They. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was a fifth. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he was not playing well. I remember me and Pramit, we were definitely. Yeah, fun of him yeah all the we time. made fun of him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
it's it seems like they they traded in having uh, a little more talent spread around for having all the talent concentrated into Jalen Ramsey, and, and they paid a steep price for it. That's, yeah. that's clearly yeah, important. And, and that's yeah, and that's never the right move in the NFL. I think yeah. with the NFL, with more eleven more players, depth. yeah, eleven players on the yeah, team. Yeah, you need to have good rosters throughout, like like something like the Saints, man. Uh, it's hard to replicate the Saints overall roster, but. You, you got to try it. <laughs> no, but see, the thing is, the Saints don't have, like, they have some, like, elite talent. Like, you say Cam Jordan is elite, but all those players are, like, above average, but together, that defense is really good with all those players collectively. Mario Davis is elite. <laughs> all pro. All pro. Okay. All pro. Okay, okay. Marshawn uh, I, I don't know. He, he didn't make a Pro Bowl, though. He didn't make a Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, if you talk about, like, in terms of helping this defense, if they had spent those two first-round picks on, like, cornerbacks or you know linebackers or something that and, might and, have helped. And the money that you save by doing that yeah exactly this is why people don't pay top dollar it's it's tough you have to trade for them and pay them so and you know maybe jalen ramsey isn't the best guy to have in your locker room considering how he left his last locker room so i mean I, he hasn't caused any problems yet here right cause, i mean so yet. we're not we're not gonna yet. say that yet the- I don't want to say that yet, yet but okay. no but i mean if the rams start losing i don't think yeah like there's gonna be issues Yes, because yeah. I feel like that was the main cause for the Jags. I mean, when you start losing, you just get frustrated and stuff boils up. Yeah. The more I, I mean, the more I talk about it, I don't have them having making the playoffs anymore. I, I <laughs> you talked yourself out of it. Yeah, this is there ridiculous, man. Forty percent—that's eight yeah. million on two players. I mean, Aaron Donald's worth all that money, in my opinion. But like eighty. I mean, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> Bears traded a similar price for Cleo Mack, so. I mean, and it worked honestly. Well, like, I, I you... think Khalil Mack is has more of an impact on the yes, game. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's Jaylen the position. Ramsey it's does. the position. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think an edge rusher. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. It's just his position. But I mean, the they already have. When, when they traded for Khalil Mack, they immediately signed him. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. they trade for Jalen Ramsey. They did not sign him. <laughs> now he has all the leverage in the world. Exactly, because yeah. if they let like they can't let him go they if they after trading two. They can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just, it's it's fun to see a division rival suffer like this. So that's good. <laughs> yes, I'm quite. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking. It. I'm just looking. Goff is getting paid uh, 33 million. It looks like yes. a year for 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 Sean McVay to just tell them what to do in the headset, and hit, and for him to look shocked when it hits 15 <laughs> seconds of the play call. Yeah, um, uh, you, the, it's not. That's not a winning formula. Damn, no, no support for your Berkeley alum, dude. I, I love him. I love him, but uh, he didn't. He didn't show out last year. Yeah, I think he's a decent quarterback. Honestly, um, he has a really nice arm. He makes these like throws every like two or three throws a game that you're like, wow, that's the reason why he's the first overall pick. But that, yeah. but yeah. he he just doesn't make plays out of structure. He can't, you know, take the top. He can't like really break a game like you you would expect these top tier quarterbacks to do. So I mean, in that case, he's definitely not worth thirty two million dollars a year. Yeah, no, I but I like think like, if they invested so much in him, I mean, again, uh, like I brought this up before. I mean, quarterbacks get paid as much as the stupidest person going to pay them. So in that case, if Jared Goff is getting something else more from some other team, which someone would be willing to do. Um, they have to sign him. So, yeah, Andy, you were saying yeah. something. Uh, I can't. Oh, yeah. So Goff was, uh, Goff like in his what was that twenty nineteen? 
no, sorry, 2018. The yeah, the yeah. yeah, the Super Bowl year. Like he was, he looked amazing. Like he, the it seemed like the Rams had found the formula. Um, now, now that was with a very well structured offensive line, but he was make he was looking very confident, and then. I don't know. I just feel like that that Patriots Super Bowl just took something out of him. He just lost so much confidence. Um, I, feel I don't know what it was. To the soul box. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Game of Thrones. I, I feel like it, that just took something out of him, and he he looked like a shell of his former self. Um, yeah, and ha- having a depleted offensive line isn't going to help that either. And he's like exactly, one of the worst yeah. quarterbacks to have a depleted offensive line. Yeah. In like recent he, memory, he, like of he's all jumpy. The, he's jumpy. He's not mobile. Right, like of all the yeah. recent quarterbacks drafted highly, like he's him and Sam Donald come to mind as like the least athletic. Like you have even Baker Mayfield can move, you know, Josh Allen can move, Kyler can obviously move, Daniel Jones can move, Lamar, all these guys can move, but uh, Jared Goff cannot move at all. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, wrap up on the Rams here. I think they're going fourth in this division. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh. All right, let's move on to the second place team, everybody's favorite, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they went uh, eleven I know and five. We have a, a panelist here who's a very big fan of the Seahawks. Oh yes, yes. Would that be me? Are you talking about no, me? No, that's that's the man, Ishis, bro. Oh right, Ishis oh, loves the Seahawks. I love the Seahawks. Yeah. Oh, uh, they went eleven and five last year. <laughs> uh, we already talked about Jamal Adams and how he is. Uh, coming over to the to the Seahawks also two first round picks you know that's a lot <laughs> yeah that's a lot that's what I, I I thought the Jets got a good haul for him I, I stand by that but he's on the team now so he's gonna be a difference maker um clearly like I said before the Cardinals got Isaiah Simmons probably to address the Kittle problem I think the Seahawks got Jamal Adams to address the Kittle problem um I don't know. How much do you think he's going to improve this defense? So uh, me personally, I definitely do think that one player can really unlock a position group, especially a secondary. From the safety position, you know, the communication involved, the kind of, he's a safety, you know, he can, he's a safety valve. He can cover, especially Jamal Adams. He can play as linebacker. He can play as edge rusher. He can shut down a tight end like George Kittle. Hopefully not, but you know, that's in his skill set, <laughs> right? So he can really be a band-aid all across the Seahawks defense that has a sneakily good secondary. They have Shaq Griffin, who made the Pro Bowl. They traded for Quinton Dunbar, who somehow did not get arrested for armed robbery. Uh, and then they have Jamal Adams. So, I mean, that's a good secondary. And they this team is like the poster child for how a good secondary can really, you know, uh, shoot a team, uh, be a shot in the arm for a team. So I really think he can improve this defense and this team. It's, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, we've they, seen this uh, example before. Uh, dangerous. Oh, <laughs> dangerous. Go ahead. Not, yeah. not bad. I mean, we saw something similar. I mean, not similar, but we saw um, with the Steelers how Minka just came in. All of a sudden, this defense yes, just started playing immediately. Yeah. So I think Jamal has that capabilities. Uh, and uh, I mean, the Seahawks also have so many other playmakers with uh, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. I mean, he can definitely take this defense to the next level. So yeah, definitely a solid move. So they, they don't, yeah, yeah they, they don't have Jadavian Clowney anymore. You guys yeah, think that's no, a... their biggest weakness? They have a good linebacking core, like you just mentioned. Yeah, and obviously good secondary now, but they have absolutely no pass rush. Yeah, like no. none. Uh, and that's very important. It's very important. And and this in this modern NFL, yeah, 
Yeah, so maybe they'll be following the Ravens' blueprint of stocking up on the secondary and just blitzing like crazy. But they don't really have like shut down corners and stuff like that, you know. So they're they're going to need all those back seven in coverage. Bobby Wagner is a good covered linebacker, which is why he's so famous. You know, he can he's been able to move and cover these running backs and tight ends for his entire career. So you need him back there. So I don't know how they're going to cover up their one weakness, which is uh, pass rush. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't. Why did they not sign him again? He's a, he wants a lot of money, man. <laughs> this is just too much. Is that the only yeah, reason? Yeah, yeah, he wants a lot of money. I mean, yeah, no one signed him yet. He's probably asking. I mean, there are rumors he might end up with the Raiders. Really? Uh, yeah. How's the Raiders cap situation? Just not... they're pretty solid right now. They got yeah, they, they have a lot of cap space. Yeah. Who are they paying? Right. So no, I mean, just yeah. Darius yes. and Trent Brown. I mean. and Darren Waller. <laughs> Darren Waller. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, back to the Seahawks. Though. I think uh, the defense. Uh, I think the comparison to the Ravens is a is a pretty good comparison. I think they might be trying to model that. Uh, that's the only way that I can see them succeeding without a pass rush. Right? It's tough. Yep. Um, On to yeah. the offensive side, then. Yeah, yeah. offensive side. It starts and it, ends with this freaking Hobbit. <laughs> god damn man I, I, I hate russell wilson but man is he so good he's been so good for so long uh he will carry the, the question listed here is uh how will russ carry this offense yet again and it doesn't matter he just will no he'll the answer is yes the answer is yes <laughs> in every way necessary slash possible he's so good he, he's the sex, whether he's the he needs to lead his team in rushing He's Sorry, the second best uh, what, quarterback what? in this league. Go ahead. Second best quarterback in this league. Se- yeah. Second best quarterback? Or, yeah. Or, or, oh, Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I didn't think about it for a sec. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson is the like he's he is consistency. He is Mister Consistency. He's been the Seahawks offense for the past oh six seven yeah, eight ever years. Since, ever since Marshawn left, I'd say you know like twenty fifteen. Yeah. And he really. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure there was one year he led his team in rushing yards with like rushing yeah. touchdowns or something. Yeah. He should have won MVP in that year, I think, instead of Brady. Yes. And yeah. maybe Brady would have won yeah, this. Legacy pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legacy pick. Yeah. Brady doesn't have enough yeah, MVPs. I mean, Come on. <laughs> yeah, man. Brady doesn't, man. Brady deserves more MVPs. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he did. He did lead his team in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and there was a stat. I think there was only like two touchdowns that entire year that were not either thrown or rushed by Russell Wilson, and it was two touchdowns by Mike Davis. <laughs> Starting that's, running back. That's insane. <laughs> so, I, I feel like the one problem with the offense is Pete Carroll always seems to insist on not letting Russell Wilson just take control. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is Russell let, let him cook, but. Pete Carroll doesn't seem to want to do that. He always wants Chris Carson to, to run. He, he wants to get the running game going. And I don't know. When is this? Like, it, the, the talks are now he's finally coming around to letting Russell Wilson just take control and do everything. No, no, no. These talks have been happening every year. And every yeah, year every year. Goal. Exactly. So, and I mean, I'm very happy it's still like this. Yeah, because exactly. if, if they just yeah, let Russell Wilson leash. handle it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like their offense is just so simple, right? Yeah. They they give the ball on first, may, probably second down to Chris Carson, maybe get like a third and five, sometimes third and ten situations, and then they're like, you know, Russell, Russ, just just do your magic, you know, just, just bail us out here. Yeah, he does. Every just do, do everything for us. 
and then it'll be, and then it'll be first down again. They'll just hand it off again. Yeah, like I don't know I, why. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if if Russell Wilson had an actual offense around him, how good would he be? Like, yeah. first of all, he wouldn't be expected to create as nearly as much offense. Like, people would just be open, right? And and that saves him a lot of energy as well. And like w- with a with a less tired Russell Wilson, that's that's even more worse well, news. Could argue that he's not tired in the fourth quarter because he hasn't been asked to do anything for the first two quarters. <laughs> so that he's nice and fresh for the fourth, you know. <laughs> yeah, but some of their plays, it's um they just call it up where Russell just rolls out and then the play is literally like just create something on your own with your wide receivers. And Russell Wilson just has yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> that's the play call in the huddle. Just, uh, yeah, pretty much. Russ, Russ Cook on two. <laughs> <laughs> you brought out the wide receivers here, so let's talk a little bit about him. I think you can definitely do worse in terms of targets and offense around him. Like, Andy, you were saying he doesn't have a good offensive around him. His line like, is ass, but this is. His, his line, yeah, his line is terrible, but when you uh, look no, at. No, I, I didn't say. I think Andy was trying to say that the offensive mind and the scheme. Yeah, the scheme. Yeah, the players are good. So, I mean, the two main receivers here are DK Metcalf, who uh, Mr. 0.5% body fat or whatever. There's no way. There's no way. That is that is hard cap. But if you ever looked at... Sorry. Yeah, if you ever looked at someone who was 2.5% body fat, his body did not resemble Yeah. That's like skeleton level. I don't know. 1.6%. I, I, I don't like that. Uh, but that's DK. You also have Tyler Lockett, uh, who is Mr. Old Reliable for for Russell Wilson, whenever he has to throw a ball out there. Now that I think about it, these guys are like polar opposites as far as... Yeah, they are. Prototypes. They really are. Got um, the but they both play a really there. important yeah. role, I think. Um, so who do you think is the more important receiver here? Do you think it's DK or Tyler? For Russ, I think it's Tyler. For fantasy, I think it's DK, because like you cannot. Uh, uh, I don't think DK has the connection that Tyler Lockett has yet. Even Tyler Lockett took like two, three years to build it back when Doug Baldwin was the guy. So I think Tyler Lockett's going to hold on to the the mantle of Ty- Russell Wilson's best friend for at least the next one or two years. But then, and I also don't see DK Metcalf having that you know shift and that agility to you know uncover at the last second. He's just not that kind of guy. But as far as like fantasy wise, I think he will mesh extremely well with Russell Wilson's deep ball again, and he can he'll only take a jump. So that's my take. Yeah, I think but those two together really um, make the job easier for this offense and Russell Wilson. Considering now he has two options that can just you know go deep, and he'll find a way to make something happen. And I also think DK Metcalf kind of gradually got better as the season got on, and he'll definitely take another jump this year. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential for what he can do. I mean, his last game that he did play against the Eagles. No, I mean, yeah, he played uh, against the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. In the wild he had 160 card, yeah. yards. So that was a record in the wildcard game. So I think yeah. for a rookie or yeah, anyway. I, de- I definitely think that was. For a rookie, for a rookie. It was a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think that was his coming out party. But um, I, I owned him for most of the season. And his, his talent definitely impressed me. Um, I feel like. Uh, he was he opened up the game a lot more for Russ. Um, whether it be like they had to double him over the top, um, he, I think he had like eight touchdowns or something, which is pretty impressive as a rookie. Uh, so yeah, definitely, I, I definitely see uh, it, it, uh, he he will make that jump 
Um, I, I think you already saw that towards the second half, and like you just said, the the wild card round where he he balled out. I'm gonna take the opposite side here. I think Tyler Lockett will be better in fantasy next year. Wow. Uh, last year, Even as injury prone as he is. So yeah, injury injury is the only thing because when he is on the field, he outperforms DK. Uh, when he got hurt in like week ten last year, I think against the Niners game, that was the Niners game. Um, he got hurt. And up to that point, he was like the wide receiver four or something like that, or wide receiver three. He put up like, he had, uh, how many touchdowns? He had six touchdowns in the nine games. He had uh, almost a thousand yards in those nine games. Um, He was, you can see it when you see the Seahawks play, like he is the guy for Russell Wilson. Whenever he's in a tight spot, he goes for uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think that, like that trumps the physical ability of DK Metcalf, and the opportunity is better for for Lockett. But what is the best ability, Pramith? I uh, availability is the best ability. I understand that, but I mean, he got hurt for what two games last year, three games. But he didn't get hurt at all last year. Like, it looks like two hurt. and a half games. Like after he got hurt, he just wasn't the same, you know. Yeah, he wasn't the same after he got hurt. But I mean, okay, last the season before last, he didn't get hurt at all, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, he got hurt the season before that, but I mean, it's, it's it's football. People get hurt, I guess. I still, I, I I'd go with Lockett. I think I think he'll. Uh, so his... if they're both staring at you in round five. I'm taking Lockett. Take... Okay. Yeah, I'll hold you I'll to that. I mean, Lockett. I think Lockett's definitely a safer pick. Yeah, he's definitely safer. Uh, I think DK has a higher upside, but I think Lockett in the end will outperform him, just based on that connection, dude. That connection's ridiculous. Like you of all people know that. Yeah. Yeah, they had yeah, at, that... for for those at home who want the stat, uh, not last year but the year before, Russell Wilson had a one fifty eight point three passer rating when targeting Tyler Lockett. He had a perfect passer rating anytime he threw the ball in Tyler Lockett's direction. Like was that? I thought that was on deep balls. Just no, no I think I think it was in general, dude. Really? It's in general. It, that's. Uh, really... I... Okay, even if it yeah, is I on mean, deep either balls, way, either way, either it's way. Yeah, to, I, to I think just even push on football, that's even more insane. Yeah, I mean, come on, man, that's 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 too much. It's the connection. Yeah, man. I think the chemistry, the chemistry between those two players is like unrivaled on this team, at least. I, and I don't expect him, uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, to get that chemistry uh, within the next year. So yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. From it it uh, was yeah. the season. It was the entire season, by the way, on seventy targets. <laughs> that's insane it's ins- the previous high for perfect passer rating was 15 targets <laughs> so these guys just obliterated that with oh mind melding that they do it's like almost five times more more than five times more yeah a Wait, yeah. yeah all right any any last words on on everyone's favorite team so uh, i mean where do we see this team going i see them being a heavyweight title for the a heavyweight you know fighter for the for the Super Bowl honestly I think they could definitely win the division I would not be surprised if the Niners take a small step back and the Seahawks take a small step forward mm-hmm. and ends up like that uh, obviously I don't want it to happen uh, but you know this team is good Russell Wilson is extremely good they have uh, Jamal Adams now uh, this is this should be looked at as a Super Bowl contender yeah, yeah and I think the positive yeah, thing yeah and I think the positive thing that the Seahawks have compared to like the Cardinals, the Niners, or maybe even the Rams, is that they have consistently been good for so long. 
with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson that I just have such confidence in them moving forward, especially with Jamal. I mean, I know they're definitely going to be good on both sides, so they're definitely the safest out of all four of these teams. Yeah, they're the best bet to be a playoff team and potentially win this division. One thing I did notice about the Seahawks in general, they always play to the level of their competition, and it's hilarious. Like, they'll go and they'll... They'll take the Bengals and the Bucks to the wire, 23-21. And they'll go the, the next week and they'll take the Niners to the wire. They'll take, you know, this the top the, the cream of the the cream of the crop of the league to the wire. Yeah. So what they, they just are incapable of imposing their will on a game. I think this has been uh common for the last four the three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I, I think that's continuing. They'll just play to level their competition. Each game will be interesting, but it'll always come down to Russell Wilson trying to make a play. I mean, as a neutral yeah. fan, it's the best team to watch for that reason, right? Yeah. Every game they watch, they play is a good game. Yeah, I think they just find ways to win games. Yeah, seem like an even like in the middle, like towards halftime, you think it's an even matchup, but then they just pull something out of like Russell nowhere. Wilson pulls something. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Don't say Bay, man. That's Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Russ, man. It's only Russ. So speaking yeah, of teams so that I, offer, I, <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Wait, real quick, yeah, yeah. So, um, I feel like the Seahawks and the Saints are really the only competition for the Niners next year for the Super Bowl. Um, the rest of the teams are just like, these three teams in particular are just a cup cut above the rest of the teams. Um, I agree. Maybe the Bucks. It maybe the Bucks if you know they they just get rolling toward the second half of the season, like I kind of talked about last time, uh, but. Yeah, those those three teams are definitely the um, Super Bowl favorite, or like the the favorites to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the the third favorite to represent the the NFC in the Super Bowl. Finally, and that is, <laughs> this is the moment that <laughs> Rhodes has been waiting. waiting for. Thirteen and three last year went to the Super Bowl. The San Francisco 49ers. I'm just gonna yes. let Rhodes talk. Go ahead. I mean, I, 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 you guys have heard it the entire podcast. <laughs> I bring up the Niners all the time. You guys probably know them uh, pretty well. I mean, yeah, what else is there to say? They were seven minutes away from beating Patrick Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl. They played Patrick Mahomes about as well as I've seen any defense ever play. And I honestly think they got better this year. Um, they did. Uh, they made an interesting decision in getting rid of uh, trading DeForest Buckner, one of their foundational cornerstones, franchise cornerstones one of our best defensive players and a captain for a first-round pick. I think it's in direct contrast to what the Rams are doing over in L.A. The Rams would just pay DeForest Buckner and then eat the losses elsewhere. But by trading DeForest Buckner, the Niners were able to re-sign Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, and like backup offensive linemen across the board. And to, to keep important pieces like Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward, our free safety and our defensive end, to keep them, that homegrown talent, in our system – it, on our team, that's that's a very very tough move to make for general managers, and I'm really happy that my team ended up doing that. I think that was the most important move of the off season for them. Yeah, I think John Lynch to Stanford knowledge definitely has <laughs> <Stanford> knowledge. <laughs> no, He's definitely made Stanford this team what it is. Um, his yeah. his moves have been really um, shrewd. They've all, yeah. they've cerebral. All been, they've all been really good moves. I mean, like yeah. again, yeah, Trent Williams for a third and a fifth. Like, come on, he's like top five tackle right now. And he's apparently dominating Nick Bosa in the, in, in practice. So. Yes, I, I saw that. Yeah. Nick so, Bosa was like, yeah, your blind side will be saved, Jimmy. Yeah, good. 
good. We need Jimmy to be safe. But like, yeah, I, I just, I, I just think this team has gotten better, and they were really good last year. So uh, another year in Kyle Shanahan's system for Jimmy Garoppolo will, I think we'll see the second year jump here for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think our defense, you know, even if they do take some small step back, what they do have is uh, a connection and you know continuity, continuity and familiarity in the system. It's still Robert Sala. I'm surprised no team took him for a head coaching opportunity. Uh, he's still a good coach. I don't know if he's as good as the mainstream media makes him out to be, but you know he's done a good job with the players that he has. So uh, this Which team are is very good players, very extremely, <laughs> extremely good players across the board. So I think this team. Is Did, uh, sorry, did they draft someone to? Re- I guess Javon, kind of yeah, yeah. They, at the 13 pick, they picked a Javon Kinla. The the scouting report on him is he's a is raw, but like uh, they don't really need. Uh, a technician right now in the middle. They need kind of like a big body who just has overwhelms people with raw power to kind of eat up double teams for Bosa and Armstead and D Ford to feast. So yeah. I mean, so what I'm hearing is you like that pick. I I do like the pick. Uh, apparently he hasn't been having the best camp, but you know it's fine. He'll still be 350 pounds next year, so it's not like <laughs> like that's gonna go away. So I do yeah, yeah I do like the pick. So the defense is as good as all as ever. Um, it's it was the top defense in the league last year. Probably will continue that into next year. Uh, but the main issue that I feel with the Niners is their wide receivers. They have injuries. They have departures. Lynn Emmanuel Sanders. Like, what what do you think of this? The lack of weapons. You have Kittle, of course, but do you think that's enough? I, for one, am not worried at all. Um, I've seen what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do in 2017 and 2018 with absolutely no one in 2017 and then just Kittle in 2018. And the injuries that we have, Debo Samuel has been rehabbing well. Apparently he's on track to play week one. Even if he doesn't play week one, he'll be here like two, three weeks into the season. We have George Kittle, again, best tight end in the league. Enough said there. We signed Jordan Reed, and if he can stay healthy, he's you know a top tight end in this league. Right. Well, that's a huge question mark. But that's that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But like, also like uh, another question mark. We'll just toss another question mark at you, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he's torn his ACL hey. the last the last two years, <laughs> but apparently now his, his he's in the best shape of his life. Oh so, yes, I, you love to hear it. Hypothetically, if he were to play, he'd be a pass catching threat. And the overall point here is that I'm not worried. We also have Brandon Ayuk, um, first round uh, draft pick at wide receiver. Uh, he has a small hamstring pull, but like, who doesn't? It's, it's uh, <laughs> everyone's injured. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of optimism here. I, I think I'll, Alex, I'll, I'll admit to that. But I'm not worried at all about our offense and offensive playmakers. Uh, Kyle Shanahan can do it with anyone yeah. as far as playmakers. He can scheme I, anyone into space. I agree with that simply because, as someone who didn't really focus on the Niners at all last year, uh, I I thought like, who is the who's the option like who's the main guy that that Jimmy G needs to go to and it's Kittle and then I thought about like who else like I remember the name Trent Taylor uh yeah he's back he's very yeah and like that's it and Debo obviously but that was towards like the the second half of the season it felt came on very strong yeah so um I mean I I I agree I think the offensive it it sucks to not have all these guys you want like uh, Jalen Hurd and yeah uh I don't know it's it's definitely like not yeah. ideal, but I think if anyone's going to make do with it, it's, it's Shanahan. Yeah, that's not the worry point for me at all. Yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah. weapons-wise, 
the Kyle Shanahan, like his play calling and his system doesn't really rely on receivers that need to like catch balls that they're not supposed to catch. That's like, a great way to put it, Ishis. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's, um, that's a perfect way to put it. You don't need the Julios or like the DeAndre Hopkins to like catch balls over people or like catch double teams. Most of his plays re- revolve around getting players open in space, and he doesn't ask Jimmy to do anything he can't do. So, I mean, that's not really an issue in terms of talent on that side. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, like, I, I still think the, the core or, like, the, the strongest portion part of this Niners offense is their run game. And um, I, I don't see I, I don't see anything that will suggest they would not improve. From, or Trent like, Williams. Or at least <laughs> They're getting level. better. Yeah, yeah, they got Trent Williams. They got even better. Um, now, I, I don't know how much of an impact, like, Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert, I think that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much of an impact he has had, but like I feel like this offense, you could just plug and play a certain archetype of running back, and they'll always do well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's been the Shanahan system for so long, and it, it'll continue to be as long as Kyle Shanahan can keep getting undrafted free agent running backs for free, which he is. So I think it's it's awesome to just see some random dude like Jeff Wilson Jr. one week will score two touchdowns, and then the next week Raheem Mostert will pop off for two touchdowns. But uh, I mean, notice I did not say Matt Breida, who is sadly departed to the to the Miami Dolphins. But uh, yeah, this run game probably the best run game in the league. I think um, they're second only to the Ravens as far as production, and that's just because they have multiple running backs on that team. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, really good team. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, I think the Niners have a lot good going for them in terms of continue- continuity and keeping their assets in, ch- um, in place for a you know, good year next year. But I, I'm just going to list some of the negatives I feel that circulate, or personally that I think some question marks for this team. Um, one thing is I definitely think that DeForest Buckner departure is not necessarily going to make this defense... It's it's going to, definitely going to affect this defense because I think he was a big part of that defensive line. Um, I also... I mean, this question... Everyone seems to ask this question is whether or not Jimmy G can do it, uh, whether or not he's an elite quarterback. Um, that's also a question, big question. And I'm also a thorough... I'm a big believer in Super Bowl hangover. Uh, I really think that's a big factor in a lot of teams' success after reaching the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, normally you see teams that lose the Super Bowl. The next year, they kind of drop off. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw it with the Eagles. Saw it with the Rams. Uh, just most recent examples. Saw it with the Falcons. Didn't see it with the Patriots, though. Hey-o. But I mean, like, I mean, I looked back, and I, other than the Patriots, because they're kind of like they're not really they don't really count. Every other team has fallen <laughs> off after yeah. reaching the Super Bowl. Like the pressure of like getting back to the Super Bowl and the way other teams play you in terms of scheming and how much effort they put into it definitely affects your um, success in the following year. Yeah, so one one counterpoint to that Super Bowl hangover, I, the, the whole team's coming at you harder because they, they see you as a threat in the division. Like, that's definitely real. Um, but I think one other reason for a Super Bowl hangover is the fact that the NFL has such a small, tight championship window. And a lot of these teams get to the Super Bowl in that small championship window. and after that season, they're out. Like they they lose key players, uh, the coaches move on, they get uh, hired somewhere else. Uh, just all sorts of roster moves that happen from top to bottom. Uh, the Niners don't have that problem. I think the roster is as it was last year in terms of talent, and 
I don't think that uh, their window is closed by yeah, any the reason, means. The reason why, actually, it's a great point, is that the Niners were a year ahead of schedule. They were not supposed to be good last year, and they, they were all the second-best team in the league, clearly. So not, now is when their window is open. And their window, I think, is open for the next couple of years. Maybe one, maybe two. Or one, maybe two, like that. Uh, and then when, when you have to pay players, like uh, underrated players that, like our nickelback, K1 Williams, he's one of the best corner, nickel corners in the league. He's going to be someone that we have to let go. And that's, it's those kinds of departures that lead you know, the Rams to becoming from, what, 12-4 and four to 9-7. and seven. It, But I, I just don't see a similarity. I, believe me, I was also very afraid. I went back and I looked at all those other teams in the NFC and saw you know, what happened to them. And I, I saw that the Rams' offensive line lost 40% of their starters, maybe even 60% if you count in injuries. And the, the Eagles didn't have Carson Wentz to start the year. And then when he came back, he wasn't as confident. Uh, but this team is is pretty pretty close to as currently constructed uh, as previously constructed. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, will be better just by uh, virtue of having another year between him and his ACL tear and having another year in Shanahan's offense. Uh, he was able to win games for us last year. Uh, I know Ishis may not be the biggest believer, but I am a Jimmy Garoppolo believer. I don't know if he's elite yet. I definitely think he can be elite, but he's definitely not. He's. He, I wouldn't say he's there yet. If to answer that question, I think yeah, he does I mean, enough. You guys, you guys put it perfectly. Um, there's, there's not enough uh, changes in the roster that, like as as we saw previously with the Eagles and the Rams dropping off, that that would like ca- cause any doubts for. Um, for the, the the Niners to have a setback next year, like especially in a season there. like this with Corona, continuity is yeah, yeah, continuity is key, key. That's why I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But it's besides the point. No, nah, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear. Yeah, the Chiefs are really, really good. Uh, the Niners are also very, very good. I think I think a Chiefs Niners rematch is very possible next year. That'd be sick. Super Bowl. That would be sick. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, think I, the Niners are coming out of the NFC? Yes. I mean, I think the big thing with the Niners is that, like, like in comparison to the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs offensively have so much talent that sometimes if Andy Reid calls a bad game, I think Patrick Mahomes can still just pull something out and just use his talent to win games. But in this case, I don't think the Niners necessarily have that. It's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just something that m- most of this team's success is put on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan. So and I the mean, good, the good and the bad part about that is that Kyle Shanahan has called two bad games in his life, two bad halves <laughs> in his life. <laughs> unfortunately, they've together both been making one big one. together making one Super Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. but you know, if that's the price that I have to pay, like one thing I did want to kind of say is that the Niners did a really good job of building around maybe not a transcendent talent at quarterback, like all these other young teams were able to have that success with transcendent talents at quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, here's an, here's another blueprint. Just have everyone else be good, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think, I think, and have again, a really, really, really good play caller. If that's the price that I have to pay to have a, watch a good team and have it all be on Kyle Shanahan shoulders, I'll put it all on Kyle Shanahan shoulders. I, I think he's, he's good enough to do it. Yeah. And Jimmy G is, I think good enough to do it. He was good enough on the paths when they needed wins from him. He brought them wins. When the Niners needed wins from him this year, I mean, they brought he brought him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah I mean, they were so close to winning. Like, 
Yeah. Like, I, I feel like this narrative might be completely flipped if he just, sorry, Rohit, but if he just yeah. completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, is he an elite? He's an elite quarterback. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. he's guaranteed an elite quarterback. And all there of a sudden, go. there's so many questions about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not, not warranted yeah. at all. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but he had a horrible game by his standards and by any standards. Right. But just one game, obviously, the biggest game of the season can definitely shift all of these narratives. And uh, the Niners were on the, the, the poor end of that. But uh, that's just how sports is sometimes. That's just yep. the way the, the media. Is. The media always drives the story. In this yeah. case. That's, yeah. That's all you hear um, at this definitely. point. I just think I, I think my like negatives about the Niners are mostly just from past experiences, not necessarily having to do with the Niners. Um, okay. Yeah, like I just, I've never seen, other than the Patriots, I've never seen a team consistently come to the Super Bowl. Because it's so, it's not like the NBA, where yeah, like, it is very, very, very good, hard. They're, gonna, they're not going to lose four games out of seven. Like, it's just hard for that to happen for a good team. If a team is better, it's hard for that to happen. But in terms of getting to the Super Bowl, you need to win three games in a row with rent, like any team. And yeah. it's just really hard to do. Yep. Yeah. So the question remains. I know Roeth has the Niners coming out of the NFC. Do you two also have that? Um, I got a. In terms of like consistency, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks, just because of NFC or NFC West. NFC, just NFC, NFC West. Oh, NFC, NFC, NFC in general. Yeah, and NFC West. I'm oh. not as confident, honestly, with the Niners because I, I think they will maybe not have as much success in the close games as they did last year. I know they lost three of them, but they won a lot more. So maybe that will take a step back. Defense takes a step back. I could see them not winning this division, maybe at 11-5. and five. But in the playoffs, this team is you know battle-tested now and the real thing. So I'd have them coming out of the NFC, but not necessarily the NFC West. What yeah. do you think their record is going to be in the NFC West? Uh, the record in the NFC West? Ooh, uh, I think they sweep the Rams, split the Cardinals, split the Seahawks. So that's what? Okay. 2-2. Two, 4-2. Two, four 4-2. Four and two. Four and two. Yeah. yeah. 4-2. I mean, this year, I, I this year it's 5-1. They'll probably go like 12-4. Yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah, 12 and 4 is yeah. a pretty good bet for them. Yeah, I, I, I still, I still think the Niners going to win. I, I think the Seahawks will play bad enough against bad teams um, yeah. to, <laughs> to lower their record a little bit. It always happens. But honestly, you know, I, I'm going to say the Saints make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, that, I think this is their year. That's like the, dude, that's I, like I the worst answer on paper. I think the man effect is real. Dude, we say this every year. I know. They're just going to find a new way to lose. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they haven't missed a field no, goal no, yet. No, they have not missed a field trust, goal trust yet. Just the E-Man effect. <laughs> yeah, the E-Man effect is real. Uh, you still have uh, Emmanuel Mosley on the Niners. I'm just rem- reminding you guys. E-Man I mean, one thing. Yeah. Um, last, I mean, people, I don't know if people like really remember this, but the Seahawks were one play away from winning this division even last year. So I think, yeah. It was, like, it was a really close... Um, Oh, right, stretch. yeah. The, they were literally a yard or like an yeah, inch away from yeah, that's, away Yeah, from that's totally why I don't have the nine. That's why I'm not I mean, this super is bullish. Definitely, yeah, this isn't written in, in, in pen. This is definitely something that's up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This division in general is up for grabs. Yeah, definitely. That's why it's the best division in football. Uh, yeah. Dude, any, don't forget any... the AFC West, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's a tight race hey, right there. That's a very Raiders, race, bro. dude. Yeah, it's gonna go down to the end, dude. That's gonna be it. That's it. All right, that is gonna do it for us. That concludes our divisional breakdowns for every division in football, and that's it for the NFC West. We'll probably come back with some more uh, breakdowns on other positions, similar to our wide receiver rankings. We might do a running back 
top 10 fantasy versus real life. Uh, and by that point, honestly, the season's going to start. So that's exciting. We're going to have football again. Uh, yeah. and, and basketball playoffs going. And basketball playoffs. Whatever is happening with that, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Yeah, that's going to come out. We'll, we'll talk more about the NBA as well because a lot of stuff's happening there. Um, yep. It's, it's going to be exciting, though. Lots to talk about. If you want to support the podcast, check the link in Spotify. Uh, you can see how you can support us over there. Uh, but that is going to do it for us. That's going to do it for the divisions. And we will see you all in the next episode. See ya!